Hey, welcome back to the Uncooked Rice Show. Uh, today I'm with Liang Liu. It's Liang, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Uh, so let's just start off by like, how you've been? How, like, what has quarantine been any different from you know, like your life before quarantine? Um, of course. So uh, quarantine has been a really, really strange uh, change. To um, it's it's essentially not what I was expecting to happen in 2020. So um, yeah, I guess I guess it's been a little bit different. Staying at home it has definitely taken a toll on me. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine. Right, like quarantine's pretty much shut down everything, and like people are being forced to stay at home or like being forced to socially distance. Right, um, but for you, like has how much of school and how much of your personal life has been affected? Oh, right. Of course. Um, as for personal life, um, it since I'm staying at home all day, uh, it, it really forces you to um, take all your habits and 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 you really got to find your motivation while staying at home. So that's definitely something that's changed. And as for schooling, um, online school has definitely been a huge, huge change to to how I learn things because. Uh, normally, you don't study a lot, um, or I don't study a lot at home. I I go outside and do that things, um, but this change where uh, I have to stay in my room and do all these things, it's it's a pretty big one to get used to. Right. Yeah, and like a lot of people, I think aren't happy about having to, I guess, mix in their personal life with their school life too, because like when they're in their room, they want it to be something like a safe place where they can sleep, right? And so when they now have to like use that room where they can relax to study and stress it's a bit it's a bit weird right mm -hmm. yeah i agree completely so let's talk a bit about like your childhood growing up so like how what was that like what was it like growing up as an asian american right so um so as i was growing up um basically i i am kind of like a uh the middle between the first generation and second generation where i moved uh, my parents and i moved to canada when i was um, very small. Uh, basically, I, I I couldn't even speak when I came to Canada, and uh, and yeah, I guess we were just a normal family. We didn't have much back in um, China, which is where I was from, mainland China, and we didn't. We definitely did not have as much in Canada, and so my parents came here with the mentality that um, you know they would they would make our lives better than it was back um, where I was from. And especially improve, you know, the quality of living for their child, um, aka me. And um, so, yeah, my childhood consisted of, you know, my parents working really hard uh, to get me to school. And unfortunately, um, my parents split off when I was really young. And uh, this this did cause quite of a, um, a huge change in my life. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a really long story. Having to move at such a young age and having to adapt even, like, you know, as an immigrant, like, were there any struggles that you had to face because of that? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so especially coming with um, um, where I moved to um, was a really... Okay, so basically I moved to Texas and, and um, as a first and second generation... Um, kid it was really really hard to fit in uh with the world and with the school and um yeah i felt like as a second generation um student a lot of opportunities were locked out from me and um as for the other things I i'm i'm totally comfortable with sharing 
And I guess I could start doing that. Um, right, so a lot of the uh, adversities I've, I've gone through as a child included financial struggles. So after my parents split off, um, you know, they're here, they don't know how to speak great English. Um, they don't know how to create a life for themselves in this uh, new environment. So um, that really took a toll on me, as I'm sure it would for anyone else. Yeah, it's definitely tough, right? And I'm imagining you, did you have to go through like most of your childhood having to deal with that alone or? Um, yeah, essentially it was just me and my mother and um, uh, yeah, my mom and I was living, you know, paycheck to paycheck, basically. Um, and I, I just remember my teachers and friends saying that, um, I would never become anything. And, you know, I would, I would cry at the, at the park at night. Uh, cause that's what I've been told. Right. Yeah. And then I guess, um, how I became the person I am today arises from that. Cause, um, you know, I was determined to prove them wrong. And like with that, would you say that's what sort of because like when we talk, when a lot of people talk about entrepreneurship, they always talk about how they have this like sort of fire in them, this passion, right? And I was wondering, like, did that fuel your passion for entrepreneurship and sort of all the exactly right? Um, so yeah, so let's talk a bit about that then, because you, um, from what I've seen and like from what I've read, have been quite, I guess, really in a sense, like hustling and really successful in that sense, right? Um, <laughs> For sure, yeah. So like, can we, let's talk a bit about like Bitbox Design then. Can, like, can you explain what that is and like how you managed to start it? Of course. So uh, Bitbox Design is a web design agency where I provide clients with a variety of services such as um, web design, uh, marketing, and uh, yeah, and, and web hosting. And this essentially started back when I was in grade 11. And I was like, wouldn't it be nice to convert my skills into something larger than myself, um, currently, and 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 I agree with what you said about how entrepreneurship starts with a fire. I believe that um, desire, uh, aka dreams, are basically the seedlings for success. And if you don't have this strong desire or fire within you, um, it would be really hard to achieve the success that you wanted. And um, in my mind, at during grade eleven at that time. Uh, I knew I wanted to make some money, build something I'm proud of. And uh, essentially, that, that's how Bitbox Design was born. And it hasn't been a, it, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy path to take as well. It, it was a lot of hard work um, needed to, to build uh, Bitbox Design. Right. And like with that, like, how did you get into, I guess, uh, um, website designing like was it something that you learned in high school and you thought that'd be interesting to pursue or was it something that you did on the side uh, for sure yeah so it was something I did uh, on the side but it was during high school so I, I have I had all these skills from before uh, but I just never had the opportunity to build other people websites and the jump from knowing how to build a website to building other people websites that are paying um, was a huge jump, and and I've learned a lot from that uh, since. And I guess, like, what was more difficult, finding your first client or finding, like, was there a gap in between, like, clients that you really had a hard time struggling to find somebody to, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. Um, definitely the first client was the hardest to find because um, you don't have a portfolio built. Um, 
the client doesn't know, you know, that does this guy really know what he's doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the first client was definitely the hardest to get. And um, to even grab that first client came with a lot of failures. So I remember um, ordering some business cards. I would dress up in a in a dress shirt, have a nice tie, have some nice pants. And I would walk physically into many different locations and give them my business card, give them a small pitch. And I went to 20 stores on the first day and only one of them uh, called back. And even after that, um, none of them hired me. Uh, so it, that was a really big toll to my <laughs> to my determination. But um, I, I didn't stop there. Uh, I went on Craigslist to find um, clients and and after being rejected by, you know, 10, maybe even 20, uh, I finally landed one client. And and after that, it started rolling. Because <laughs> like a lot of people when they face, I guess, barriers like that, like not just even like five rejections, but like when you face more than 10, you would imagine that, you know, your determinations hit quite a toll, right? Um, so like what for you sort of push you to continue it and like what forced you to not give up essentially? <laughs> of course, of course. Um, I'm not saying I, I, I didn't have that thought of giving up. I, I definitely did. Um, but um, again, this was definitely fueled by my fire to continue, my fire to um, not be a failure, to prove other people wrong, right? And I also had a desire to, to, you know, to continue. And I was really optimistic. I, I do believe that optimism plays a big part about uh, being a successful entrepreneur. Um, I, I knew that things would go well, no uh, you know, if I spent more time doing it. And uh, eventually that happened. And I just kept optimistic the entire way. That's good. I think optimism is, it's not commonly associated with, I guess, entrepreneurship, right? Um, I think a, a lot of people either because of like this, um, because there's, they themselves are pessimists or because, you know, a lot of them don't see entrepreneurship as like a stable job for everyone that they sort of lose that optimistic sense when they come to think of I guess the term of business right I agree yeah yeah and so I I have a quick question quick question I was like wondering like do you have a favorite I guess project that you've been working on or like a favorite project <laughs> a favorite like website that you designed for Bitbox um a favorite project I have worked on yeah um there's definitely been a few projects I've been really proud of as well as the client um because the, the client is really important in the process and you get good clients, you get bad clients. And one of these projects would be, um, I guess, um, a website I designed for um, a, a yoga instructor. Yeah, and essentially the process was really nice. Um, I don't know what more to say about it. <laughs> when you are, I guess, taking up jobs and taking up these projects for people, do you, does it ever sort of influence you whether or not this person or and their mission or their organization and their values are something that aligns with yours yes i think that's actually a really good question um hmm right so many many times there there will be clients where um their their purpose is to you know do something a little bit sketchy right or, or they come off as a little <laughs> sketchy <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I don't know. And um, 
I definitely feel like the connection between the client and the designer, um, it's an important thing to to keep track of because that's how well you guys will be communicating and working with each other. Yeah, because I asked the question because I've asked a lot of, I guess, um, artists and composers and people in like the creative industry, right? And so it's not uncommon, I'd say, for them to take up jobs that, you know, don't really make them happy. And I think, you know, for a lot of people in the creative path, they don't really have a choice, right? So I was wondering, like, if it was the same for you, because I know, as you said earlier, like, um, you sort of had to struggle with financial difficulties, right? But seeing how, like, Bitbox and, like, is sort of this drive to prove people wrong, I was wondering, like, if your morals and your values still held up pretty strong against that. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess if you put it like that, um, some of the projects did um, take a toll on me. It, um, I, I didn't feel uh, great working on the project. And at the start, I feel like um, you don't really get to choose, you know, which clients you get. And yeah, I, I feel like that is a, a truth to um, all these creative uh, people in the in- industry. So I guess let's move on. Well, before we move on, like... Um with bitbox design like especially now with i guess quarantine like has it sort of improved your situation or um as for the quarantine i, I it's definitely been a little bit more slower right um i guess uh the question does the question have to do more with uh, you know bitbox design or more towards well let's do both then for you and bitbox design right of course so um yeah, like we said before, you know, it was it's a huge change to uh, deal with the quarantine and all. Uh, but as for Bitbox design, yeah, it's uh, it's been more slower. I, I guess more people are less perceptive of spending money during this time. So yeah, so now that you're university, right? Uh, thing um, has that. Oh god, my voice. <clears throat> Sorry, give me a second. Uh, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> geez, I don't know where that came from. Uh, but for you, like. Has that, would you say looking back now, has that journey into university been difficult for you? And like, do you regret it essentially? So um, I really, I really think that um, the answer to this would, would really depend on um, one thing. And, and that one thing is, um, how do you view university? Um, and for me, I was really, I was really um, uh, optimistic about university. I, I viewed it as a place where you can improve yourself uh, as a land of opportunities. And, and I guess um, because I viewed it like this, um, I, I have no regrets. I, I decided to take advantage of everything I could get my hands on at university. And, um, and even before um, attending UBC, uh, I, knew, I knew I wanted to go through the university path. So I guess you're studying uh, computer science, right, at UBC? Yeah, that's correct. Um, was there anything else that you were considering, or was it has it always been like computer science for you? Um, I guess it has always been computer science. Um, maybe with the side of business, um, it was either business or computer science for me, and um, uh, because I was really interested in in entrepreneurship. Uh, but I realized that a lot of these business skills can be learned through um, experience. And as long as you have the drive, I feel like um, you could obtain a lot of this um, business business experience. Right, and I totally agree. And like from what I see, right, like a lot of I guess projects and a lot of people pursuing the creative path and sort of 
creating companies and businesses, right? They have to, they don't necessarily go through that whole process of learning about, I guess, the business, business fundamentals, right? In, in higher education or in a university. So it's wondering for you, like when you started Bitbox and when you worked on a lot of your other projects, like w- did you have to sort of learn all the business skills from, I guess, by yourself or? Yes, um, I, I did have to learn a lot about how to start a business, um, you know, the fundamentals of marketing, uh, a little bit of accounting, which I knew from high school. And uh, yeah, um, I definitely had to pick up a book called, you know, how to start how to start your own business in Canada, which talks a lot about, uh, you know, the um, the boring stuff, you know, how to set up, um, how to register your business and all of that. So, so it was a, it was a journey of learning a lot of um, a lot of things. <laughs> so but a lot of it was like you're you self taught essentially, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess a few questions in that sense, then like, what was the hardest thing to learn in the sense of like trying to teach yourself it? Um, the hardest part about uh, learning or teaching myself it. Okay. That's a that's a really good question. Yeah. Like, was there anything that, you know, was ex- more difficult for you to teach yourself in terms of business or in terms of like starting your own company? Um, yeah, I think one of the hardest things for me was um, actually sales. Because sales is something that you you can't really like just like read off a book and and copy. It's it's about the persona you have and <laughs> and yeah the the way you approach it yourself. Like if you read about how to sell something to other people, and and in this case it would be you know website services. Um, you probably just can't copy it one for one. Like you have to you have to actually get experience doing. If that makes any sense. Right. Yeah. Cause like there's only so much, I guess, um, words can teach you. Right. I agree. I agree completely. Yeah. And like with sales, it comes, uh, most of sales is about, I guess, emotion or like trying to, uh, attract the customer's emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so any tips in that sense with like, with the experience that you've had so far? <laughs> of course, of course. Um, so one thing that really helped with, um, selling an idea is to is to get the customer to really talk about the problems and as long as the customer talks about you know themselves you get the customer to feel you know comfortable with you uh, with your experience um that really that's one tip that really helps okay that's great. so let's move on a bit i then i guess and we'll shift the topic to the i believe is the horatio alger scholarship uh yeah um, so, like, from what I understand, that is a lengthy process, right? So, like, what was it like for you to having to start from, like, I believe an application or a nomination or application, right? Of course. So, um, so the Horatio Alger Scholarship consisted of um, a, f- a couple of essays, um, which, which essentially uh, I took out, you know, a chunk of my time uh, every weekend to write. So um, this was during grade 12, um, and, and as we have schooling, we didn't have much time to work on it during the week. So um, every weekend I would spend, you know, three, four hours um, writing something. And um, after that, after you submit it, um, uh, that, that's all you have to do, <laughs> basically. Right. Okay. Um, how did you hear about the scholarship? 
Um, I heard about the scholarship from my school's counselor, which I feel like everyone should, um, you know, have a good relationship with. They're the they're the ones who have all the advice for you. They're trained to have the advice for you. So, um, if you're a high school student, I would, I would definitely reach out to the school's counselor, and um, you know, who knows? They they might find a good opportunity for you in terms of scholarships. Right. That's I. Yeah, they definitely have that information like ready in hand, right? And a lot of them are there to really help students try to, you know, not only find scholarships but also get into university properly, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And again, I, I'd like to say, um, if you have that desire, um, as we talked about before, um, you will find a way to take advantage of, you know, everything that's available to you. And, you know, that's one part about being an entrepreneur too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. So with that, I guess, like with the scholarship and you applying for it, like, wait, so how many essays do you have to write? Two essays? Or... Right. Um, so, yeah, there were two main essays with, um, with a couple of supporting paragraphs. Um, and yeah, I guess I could tell you what they consisted of. Um, the Horatio Alger scholarship is mostly targeted towards, um, you know, less disad- or sorry, um, disadvantaged students, you know, who really haven't gotten the opportunity um, to do a lot of things. And so that's one of their um, mottos uh, is to help, you know, these students who are determined, who believe in hard work and who have these desires um, uh, they want to support these kids to go through university. And so, but like overall, was it stressful having to sort of write those essays and sort of like wait, especially like the waiting time of like waiting to hear back? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, as for the essay writing part, it wasn't really, um, I don't think it was really, you know, stressful for me, but definitely the time where um, I waited to hear back from the results um, it was a little bit, you know, nervous. <laughs> you never know what could happen. But I think uh, if you don't expect anything, it's it comes as a good expri- uh, so, Sorry, it comes as a good surprise. But I guess with that, like philosophy, like not expecting anything, does it often, I guess, contradict your optimism? Do you think? It does. <laughs> yeah. Now that I think about it, it does. It it totally um, goes against you know my my feelings of optimism. Um, but then again, taking care of your of your health, and especially because if you if you do expect something, um, even if you don't get it, like if you're optimistic and you expect that you get something, when you get let down, that feeling would be uh, way more hurtful um, than the other way around. No, that's fair. That is fair. Um, but I guess I want to talk a bit about. Uh, this topic is like we've been talking a bit about it for the past I guess 25 minutes now and essentially it's this idea of uh, like we said earlier this idea of having a drive right but without I guess taking putting action to that drive nothing really happens right so this idea so what are your thoughts on this idea of like hustling and sort of people who take I guess matters into their own hands and not waiting not sitting around and waiting for life to you know throw them a bone like what are your thoughts on that Right. Um, so you gave actually a really good point. There's people who hustle and there's people who just wait for stuff to happen. And um, I, I do agree with that f- philosophy. Like you just can't sit around waiting for stuff to happen. Um, a lot of really successful people I've talked to, uh, they believe in luck, which is which is kind of contradictory. You know, like you hear about things like hard work, determination, hustling, grinding and all that. But you talk to these successful people and they tell you 
everything I've gotten was from luck. And that's when I realized there's something about luck. Uh, it's the crossroad between being prepared and working hard as well as being, you know, simply lucky, being at the right place at the right time. So, so you can only get lucky if you're prepared and you and you have been working hard your entire life. And I think um, the people who, you know, hustle all day, they're the ones who, who essentially get to success. Right. And, and that is weird, right? Like having people, I guess, successful people considered most of their success from luck too. Because I, I suppose some part of it does have to do with luck and like being, I guess, being there at the right time or like having that right opportunity, right? Um, but like for my, me personally, my personal philosophy was always been like, if you don't like how the table is set, you know, basically set it yourself. But mm, I, I agree. Yeah. For you, has it been difficult trying to, you know, taking matters into your own hands? Like, has that process ever been difficult for you? Yeah, it, it actually has been difficult for me because um, one of my weaknesses has been um, setting habits for myself. But I feel like as long as you have, you know, the desire, the faith, as long as that's burning within you, you'll have these moments. Um, and definitely for me, you'll have these moments of, of motivation where you just grind. And um, I agree with you. Like, even if you have desire and faith, you still have to um, go on and commit these actions that build you towards your success. And um, yeah, that's my opinion on on that. Yeah, that was actually beautifully said. And I was wondering, like, um, with all the experience that you've had, I guess, and I, I believe that you've been through, been to a few events, right? And so, like, have you had any mentors, I guess, who have helped you out or like sort of taught you and inspired you? Um, yeah, um, there has been a lot of people who have inspired me. Um, not really mentors. Um, right. But yeah, they, they keep on reinforcing the idea where um, as long as you have that desire, as long as you have that determination, which is basically the, the founding plate of everything else, um, you're, you're pretty much good to go. <laughs> but yeah, like... Uh, like with that being said, like, do you think that you've been a pretty, I guess, independent sort of kid throughout your life? And like growing up, you know, you had to sort of like be independent in what you had to learn and what you had to do. For sure. Um, especially uh, being, you know, the descendants of a first generation group of parents. Um, we didn't have much connections here. So I would say that um, everything I've learned, um, I did it through my own hands, whether it be through, you know, reading these books by myself, as well as um, reaching out to people and, you know, getting a, a feel of their experience and their life experiences, yeah. With all the options that you, I guess you have throughout the internet, like what has been, I guess, your most or like your best way of attaining new information? Like has it been like just through Google or, you know, has reaching out to people helped a lot more? Um, of course, of course. Um, I, th I think uh, for me personally, um, the most, the the thing that benefited me the most was, um, you know, the the vast variety of knowledge out there on Google, because uh, you can just ask any question and it just answers it for you. But uh, I feel like um, for people that you know are not sure what they want to do yet, I feel like reaching out to people first and asking you know them about their experiences and where to start, um, that would be way more beneficial than just 
blindly searching Google for questions and answers. And so I guess now, like, 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 where do you see yourself in the next maybe five years, you know, after university or maybe in the next 10 years? In the next five years, I see myself, you know, uh, running, running my own startup or working for um, uh, a startup where they believe that growth is essential. I'm doing a variety of tasks such as um, what I love, which is uh, coding and, you know, um, other stuff such as um, business management, uh, marketing, sales. And as for 10 years, uh, I see myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. Yeah, um, I, I see myself, uh, you know, helping others, giving back my knowledge. Because um, I feel like if you obtain all this knowledge, what's the use if you don't share it back with the world, right? No, I totally get you. And I guess on the Uncooked Rice Show, we have this thing where we, you know, we ask our guests if they have any insight that can help turn our listeners and our viewers from the uncooked, hard, and raw rice that they are now to something that's a yummy bowl of goodness. <laughs> uh, so for you, Liang, I was wondering, like, what advice or like what insight could you provide to people, or the kids especially, who you know are you know struggling right now and they don't know where to go and they don't think they have, I guess, the resources to do what they want to do in life and to pursue their passions. Like, how would you sort of help them, guide them through that? For, for the people that, you know, don't know where to go, um, don't know what opportunities are out there. I just want to know, um, one thing that you have to always keep in mind is you have to believe that whatever you can do is possible. And it sounds a little bit cheesy, I know, but faith is really important. Um, you, also have to, you also have to have this sense of determination and desire and uh, essentially if you don't have that like i said it's not a founding plate you, you don't have the founding plate for everything else and and one way to practice this one way to really obtain this is um is is you know nightly you you write down what you really want and you have to think about it really hard what is it that you really want you write it down in your journal and you come back to it every day you don't want to forget it and that's one way to build this, you know, a fire inside you. And um, as for the opportunities out there, don't be shy to talk to people. I know a lot of people um, say, oh, you know, isn't it weird if I go talk to this person and force advice? And I just want to let you know, if you reach out to, you know, um, a random person on LinkedIn or whatever, they'd be happy to share their experiences with you. They're, they'd be happy to, you know, talk to you because we've all been there. We've all been in your position. So, yeah, just uh, reach out. Yeah. And like on that note, too, like uh, even like with these people on LinkedIn that you can reach out to for help, like they yes, they've also been on like your side of the I guess the table, but also like, it, you know, it's a good feeling when somebody asks you comes to you and asks you for help. Right. And it's a good feeling to be able to help them, too. Right. <laughs> for sure i i totally agree with that jesse <laughs> yeah, like if people wanted to contact you what ways could they reach you uh for sure so um my email is always open and you can find that on my personal website which is uh stuff perfect all right thank liang thank you for your time yeah thank you so much for having me jesse and again uh best wishes you too